death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in today's second reading, there was a lot of talk. St. Paul's talking to the Hebrews. Hebrews are new Christians, right? They're Hebrews are, are Jews, but these are Jews who have now converted over to Catholicism, to Christianity. So he's talking to them, and he's saying to them, to the Hebrews, St. Paul is saying to them about oaths and vows. And he keeps mentioning oaths and vows in the second reading. What is a vow? A vow is a sacred promise or commitment that's made publicly. And to show God that Jews were sorry for their sins, and since he's talking to the Hebrews, previous, or or Jews, since St. Paul's talking to them, to show God that Jews, part of their purification, part of their right, were sorry for their sins, what they would do is they would offer an animal sacrifice to the Jewish priest. The Jewish priest would then take it, take the blood, and say to God, well, this should be the blood of the person, the family who brought this goat or this animal to me for committing sin. But instead, of course, we don't sacrifice people. This is... The, the blood that will be atoned for this family's sin. This is the practice that they would do um, back in the Jewish law. But St. Paul is saying to the Hebrews today, the Jews who are now Christians, he's saying to them that Jesus has made a vow. Jesus has made a new, a new, um, a new promise or commitment, a new vow to us, hum, to humanity, that through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, that blood... I make a vow, St. Paul is saying, Jesus has made a vow that through his blood, he is the sacrifice. This is the atonement for people's sins. That's the vow. God promises that through that type of sacrifice, then we are forgiven for our sins. That's the new vow. That's the vow of Christianity through our Jesus. And so we know about vows. We've heard about vows. We've, we've heard about promises and commitments. One vow that we're all familiar with are marriage vows. Marriage vows, right? And so bride and groom say to one another on their wedding day this vow. They say, I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad. I promise to be true to you in sickness and in health. I promise to be true to you and to love you and honor you all the days of my life. That's a vow. That's a promise. That's a commitment that one husband is saying to the spouse and then the spouse repeats it to the husband. And they say this vow and these vows these promises and commitments that they're saying to wonder if, if you think about them, they are impossible. It's impossible to be with someone in good times and in bad. It's humanly impossible to be with someone who's in sickness and in health. We say these words, but the reason we get married in a church and we say these vows in a church and not on a beach is because we're saying it in God's house and we're looking at Jesus, that vow, that sacrifice that Jesus said, and we, the, the couple stands here and they look at Jesus on the cross and they say, this is humanly impossible. This vow I'm making is in your house. Jesus, I want to do that for my spouse, but I can't unless you give me the graces, which is why I'm saying my vows here in front of you. So that's marriage vows. Also priestly vows. As a vow, as a priest, I take vows, right? A priest takes vows, this type of promise or commitment to, in the church standing in front of the bishop. We promise to, be, to pray daily. We promise that we will, uh, we will be loyal to our bishop. We'll be obedient to our bishop. Third, the vow that we make is that we will live a celibate life, right? We will not take on a physical family because we have a spiritual family. Now, those vows, again, they're done in church and they're impossible. How can I say, I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to be loyal to the bishop. I'm going to be celibate for the rest of my life. That is humanly impossible, 
But I take that vow in the church in front of the bishop, standing where? In the church in front of what? That vow that Jesus made. That vow, that sacrifice. Why? It's humanly impossible for me to do the, or to take the vows and to keep the vows that I've made if it's not from the power of God. And so although vows are meant to be good and, hold, and holy promises and commitments, some vows that we take are bad and can harm our relationship with Jesus. These are not public vows that we make, but some vows we don't even realize it that we're making on a daily basis. Where are those vows taking place? Right up here. These vows that we take up here are very dangerous, and they actually separate us from God. Nathaniel, for example, we heard in the gospel, he took a vow. He made an internal vow, not publicly, but he said it publicly. What was the vow that Nathaniel said that we heard through the gospel? Nathaniel said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Basically, he's already made up his mind. Nothing good can come from Nazareth, including the Messiah. So when the Messiah, they're telling him, Andrew and the other disciples are saying, the Messiah is here and he's from Nazareth. What is Nathanael's vow? Can anything good come from Nazareth? He's already made up his mind. He's made an internal vow that nothing good can come from Nazareth. And that's harmful because he almost missed the Messiah. And like Nathanael, we too again make these internal vows and sometimes we say things out loud that are a type of promise or a commitment that God is saying, I don't want you to think that and I don't want you to say that because it's not coming from God. We make these vows because of suffering, because we've endured hardships, because we're in pain. We make these vows and they can really, really hurt us. Vows that we can take, harmful vows towards others, right? Sometimes because people have hurt us, because they put us in pain, because they've caused us suffering, a vow can sound towards other people is, I can never trust this person. Or if I've been hurt by another man, for example, if I'm a lady and I've been hurt by men throughout my life, starting from my father all the way through this last person I've been dating and promised me to marriage and left me, what's the vow I'm taking? All men are bad. All women are the same. I can't trust men. I can't trust women. We put up these walls. We put up these barriers. I can't trust my husband. I can't trust my spouse. They were un- unfaithful to me. This is so very dangerous when we make these internal vows. Right? What are some other vows that we take interior, in our interior? What are we saying? What are some other things? I must be perfect. This is a vow. I have to be perfect. God is saying, I don't expect that from you. Another vow is, I can't make a mistake or something bad will happen to me. Funny, funny, but not funny story. I was talking to a lady and she, we were talking about statues and she has statues in her house. And she said, Father, because I was talking about like, hey, you, you show a lot, like statues are great. We should have them. They're beautiful. They're reminders of who God is or the saints are. And she said, Father, if I don't touch my statues every day or pray in front of them, something bad is going to happen to me. That's a vow she made. How dangerous is that? Because then that becomes idolatry. And that's so very dangerous. Another vow is, my life is cursed. People come to me and say, Father, I think my life is cursed. And you know what I say? I think you're cursing yourself. What's going on up here? Bad things will always happen to me. That's up here. That's a vow I've made in my heart. And that's so very dangerous. Right? Another vow, I've destroyed God's plan for my life. I can't say no. I don't deserve to be loved. My life is meaningless. 
All these vows that we're making towards others or ourselves are so very dangerous. Other harmful vows that we even make towards God. And this is where the evil one, our enemy, comes in and says, starts to trick us to make sure that we hang on to this vow which is so very harmful to us. Right? Vows like, heaven is not for people like you, the devil will say. So I start to believe, well, heaven is not for people like me. I'm bad. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I'm broken beyond repair. Other vows that we make towards God is, God wanted this to happen to me. Or God cannot forgive me. Or not even God can help me. Like I said, I am too broken. When I have those kinds of vows up, God is saying, hey, put the wall down. Bring the wall down. Bring the vow down. I want to work. I want to transform. I want to break through that wall. But that vow that you've made with yourself, that vow you've made with the enemy, is so very dangerous. It gives me no, no room to work. Another vow that we make with God is God has forgotten about me. Or God could never love me. Or I can't get too close to God or trust him completely because I will only get hurt. So these are real vows we're taking. And vows are good, but not these vows. These are very dangerous. So what's the solution to undo the harmful vows that we've allowed into our lives because of suffering, because of pain, because of betrayal? What's the solution? Mary. Mary's the solution. What does Mary say in today's gospel? She says she made a vow. Her vow, and she's been consistent from when, when the angel came to her to be the, to be the mother of God. Fast forward to the wedding feast at Cana. What was her vow? Her vow was, do whatever he tells you. That was her vow. I can do anything is what she's saying. If God calls me to do anything, I can do it. And, because nothing's impossible to God. That was her vow. A great vow. Not like Nathaniel's vow. Nothing good can come from Nazareth. He made up his mind. He put up a wall that nothing can come up good from Nazareth. Mary is the solution. And brothers and sisters, there's a problem with Mary. Not with us. Maybe some people sitting here. Her time is done. She's useless. She's just an incubator. She, she, she brought Jesus into the world and her time is done. This is dangerous. This is what the devil wants. Mary is our mother. We have to respect her. We have to love her. We have to honor her. We need to teach people why we love her, respect her, and honor her. We don't give in to the, I'm sorry, the garbage or trash that people are saying when it comes to our mother. Jesus gave Mary as our mother for, us to, for her to help us with these vows that we've made to get undone the mess that we've gotten ourselves into. Right? Mary has many titles. One of my favorite titles for Mary is Mary Undoer of Knots. And what, these are one of my favorite names for her. Vows, like I've said, about other people or towards myself or towards God. Vows that we make are like knots. Mary is called the undoer of knots because we've allowed these knots up here to manifest into our lives. And Mary is the undoer of these knots. We need Mary to make the right vows, the right promises, the right commitments to God. And she's the one who can help us. People may say, do I need Mary? I don't need Mary. I can just go directly to God. Sure. But there are certain graces, including undoing of knots in our lives, that God may only do through Mary 
Not because God is not powerful enough to do it, but because God wants us to go to her. God wants us to love her. God wants us to honor her and to see how powerful she is. Not listen to what other people are saying. Mary's the under of knots. And how do we know for sure that she can help us? She undid, she undid the harmful vows, promises, commitments for the couple who was getting married in today's gospel. She undid some vows that were about to manifest for that new, merely, that new married couple. What are some vows that could have come up that they could have said, but we didn't hear in the gospel? They heard the wine ran short. This is very embarrassing. This is, this is a problem at a wedding because their weddings are seven days. We thought Chaldeans were bad. Their weddings are seven days for a Jew. And it's day one and their, their wine is up. What vows could they start making in their, in their heart and their minds? God is not with us. Our, we're going to have bad luck in our wedding. Look at how it started off. God wants us to be embarrassed. God is punishing us. Why us? We're good people. These vows could have started in their minds, in their hearts, in their hearts. And Mary's our mother and their mother from the gospel. She sees a need and she wants to intercede. What does she do? That's her role. That's her job. Mary notices a problem. Nobody asked Mary for help. The couple didn't say, Mary, we need your help. Please hurry. We ran out of wine. A mother doesn't wait when their child is in need, she runs. She intercedes. And that's why people hate Mary. That's why, this, that's why Satan and all the evil spirits hate Mary. Because she's a mother. She doesn't wait to be asked. Because no mother in here waits for their child who's in need, who's sick and suffering, who says, Mom, I need you. Mary sees a problem not being asked intercedes to fix the problem, to save that couple from embarrassment, to save them from shame, to undo the knots in their hearts and their minds that could have been manifested. That's what a good mother does. That's what a great mother does. And God has blessed us with this wonderful mother. And so, brothers and sisters, I just want to end with a prayer. We'll pray together right now for Mary, undoer of knots. So I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mother Mary, undoer of knots, full of kindness and patience, while on this earth, help me to untie the knots and harmful vows in my life. O Blessed Virgin Mary, my mother and queen, through your, grace, through your grace, through your intercession, through your intercession and by your example, by your example deliver, me from evil, deliver me from evil and untie the knots and harmful vows, and the and harmful vows that, keep me that keep me from uniting with your Son, Jesus, your son, Jesus my, Lord and Savior. my Lord and Savior. Amen.